As you know, we started last week um, a series called God the Story Changer. Um, and every week we'll have people from different cultures and backgrounds who have the same kind of core deal going on that God interrupted their lives and uh, changed uh, their story. And Muhammad is another one of those who um, got baptized not too long ago in acknowledging the fact that his story changed drastically from the trajectory that he was going on in Islam to now the story that he has of being transitioned from there to being born again and realizing the necessity and need for God who is comprehensively concerned about him. And so we started this series with a lot of ideas in mind, a lot of thoughts in mind, because everybody in here who knows Christ as their savior has had their story changed. Whether you know it or not, your, your life is drastically different. Even if you didn't have a, 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 a run down the aisle, revival, fall on the floor, what must I do to be saved? Tell us, everybody ain't got that. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all sat in the seat, a tear may be dropped or may have not a drop, but the issue is you must know that you were once dead in your sins and trespasses and that now you've been brought to life by faith in Christ. Somebody should say amen right there. Amen, amen, amen. And so that reality, though, remember, doesn't stop when you trust Christ as Savior. That doesn't stop. It, it continues. It, it continues where your story has been changed. It is being changed, like we said last week, and it will be ultimately changed when Christ returns. And so if you don't mind standing to your feet and turning over uh, to Genesis, Genesis chapter 45, we'll look at a beautiful story in a different place than we saw last week. Genesis 45, we'll look at verses 1 through, uh, we'll stop at about, we'll stop at the 15th verse. We'll stop at the 15th verse. You know how we do. I'll start with you and you keep going. It says, then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood before him. He cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Keep going.
Amen, amen, amen. As we dive into this text in our series, God, the story changer today in the life of Joseph, I want to talk briefly about looking in the rearview mirror. Looking in the rearview mirror. Let's go before the Lord. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you that um, you are an interruption to our lives, Lord God. <laughs> um, many times we don't see your interruptions. We see your interruptions as disruptions uh, versus eruptions. And so, God, I'm praying in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that during the course of this series that you would change our viewpoint on what you're up to in our lives, Lord God. And I thank you, Father God, for your mercy that you, you're continuing to blow our tops with your commitment to us, your commitment to your glory, your commitment to us being fruitful, your, your commitment to us raising up the standard to honor your name and to show off the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, you know what I need. I need power. I need power. This won't work without you. Um, this is just a lecture. This is just a didactic uh, sociological communication um, with void of relevance, depth, and glorification. So I need that oil that makes preaching easy. <clears throat> and will you turn hearts, <clears throat> will you turn hearts towards you so that the hearts in this place may be receptive, Lord God, to all that you have so that your name may be honored and glorified. And let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. And help us not to just be hearers of your word, walking in deception, but help us to be doers of the word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen, amen, amen. Uh, last week we talked about Abraham and we framed our series <clears throat> in talking about three terms that we've redeemed to reflect what I call redemptive history. Somebody say redemptive history. Redemptive history is the act by which God utilizes the lives of those who would be redeemed as pointers to what he's ultimately fulfilling in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of our lives, even the patriarchs and the matriarchs of the Bible pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we talked about three terms. We, we talked about, let's say, meta-narrative. Let's say macro-narrative and micro-narrative. You remember, micro-narrative is your personal story. Macro-narrative is your connection to the human story, but meta-narrative is connected to the one who writes the story. And, and, and God writes the story of every single believer, uh, and whether you like it or not, your story is written um, because your story really is his story. And, and, so, and, so, and so in your story becoming his story, it's his work in redeeming you and showing off the glory of who he is. And so last week, we talked about when God has, is pushing you out of your comfort zone and changing your story to move you into a place where you have to live in a comprehensive place of trust. And some of us in our lives are wrestling with that in so many different areas of our life where God is calling you like Abraham out of the, out, out of, out of, out of the circumstances that you built as your place of trust, your place of uh, uh, personal idol worship, even though it may be a good thing, it may not be the great thing that God wants to move in to show off Christ's glory uh, in your life. And we saw that in the life of Abraham, God called him to leave everything that was familiar to him to unfamiliar so that the only thing that was familiar to him was not his situation, but the God who sent him there. 
God always wants to put you in a position where nothing is as familiar and connected to you as he is because he wants everything in his connection to you to pale in comparison to his presence in your life. Somebody should say amen right there. Maybe I'm by myself. I got to wait to the second service, but <laughs> the second gathering, we'll get to the second gathering. I get my, my, my amens I bring up to that gathering, but it's crazy that God would do that in our life. And so this passage is different, family God. This passage is different because that's the beginning of your journey last week. But this is on the back end of the journey. Now, see, that's, that's when it gets sweet. <coughs> it's nothing like hearing my pops or, or when my mom was alive chopping it up about their journey. I mean, when they talk to me about the growing up in Jim Crow South and walking through how God did all kinds of crazy stuff in their life, reconciled you wouldn't see the wreck mess in their life as anything that was reconcilable. But that's why it's wreck at the beginning of reconcilable and the last part is silable. <laughs> because God wants to bring stuff together. God wants to bring stuff together that ain't supposed to be together. In your life, so that you can be like, how in the heck did that happen? You ever had something happen in your life where you look back and you're like, dang, I was looking at that John man and I can't believe that God was up to all that stuff, doing all those things and working all that stuff out. But now that I got hindsight is 2020, I look into my rear view mirror, not with caution because of an accident, but because God used an accident for an incident for his glory. So we, so we come here to this passage of a man who is on his swag ministry right now. He, he, he's, 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 he's in a place of exaltation, um, but he gets to go through, he got to go through so many difficult challenges, but now he's looking in the rearview mirror of his life because his past, in a good way, has caught up with him. His past, in a good way, has caught up with him, which brings me to my first and only point today, and then I'm, I got one point, and then I'm out your way. Um, um, if you're going to recognize and realize that and looking in the rearview mirror, the first thing and the only thing that I believe that you got to remember when you're looking in the rearview mirror is you, gotta, you, you can't forget where God has brought you from. That's all I want to say today. You can't. Let me, let me just tell you something. Because some of us have selective amnesia. All right? And, and you, you can't trip off of what you went through to the point where you don't look back over your life and recognize what God has brought you from. And so, and so, and so as we go <clears throat> through the story of Joseph, we come here in the climax of this story. And Joseph is now a second in command uh, in Egypt over um, Pharaoh, really. He, he's in connection to Pharaoh, but he's so powerful in his influence where God has brought him uh, um, that Pharaoh listens to everything he says because of his relationship with God. A secular ruler likes Joseph because his hearing from God impacts the nation. Oh, y'all missed that part right there. It, 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 the, the, I mean, he said, I don't know that God. I don't know about him. All I know is when you tell me what to do, the stuff work out. Get on, amen, license wall. Um, <laughs> um, um, and, 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 what, and what's powerful is, is everybody will see, you know, your man Joseph with all of his tattoos, you know what I'm saying? 
You know, he, his, his eyeliner joint that come around like the Egyptians, you know, did, you know, his hat, you know, his signet ring on, you know, his, uh, the thingamajiggle, you know, the thing that you put, a, the, you know, we called them fat cables in the 80s, but, but you know, this was a flatter, like, this was fatter than the, the fat cables in the 80s. I mean, I mean, I mean, Mr. T ain't have the gold that your man Joseph had on. And so, and so he had a fine little honey dip on his side, two little children that reflect his journey, Manasseh and Ephraim. You know, he got all this going on. He's living in a fly crib. He got servants, people working on, helping him hand and foot. He tell a dude to go, he goes. He tell, a, he tell him to come, he goes. In other words, people looking at his exaltation, not recognizing, help me today, God, what it went through, what he went through to get there. If I can pause parenthetically right here, don't ever, don't ever covet where, some, where God has somebody if you don't know what they went through to get there. <laughs> see, see, some of us are like, see, God, you ain't even doing that in my life. See, 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 you, ain't, see you don't even love me. See, I don't even feel you right now. God. But see, the issue, though, is, is that you don't have the developed commitment to maturity to allow God to work you. Now, not that the exaltation is the goal, but some of us can't handle exaltation. Your complaining is a sign you can't. Oh, y'all ain't gonna talk back to me. And so, and so, and so, and so, and so, and so Joseph is living fat right now. I mean, if Egypt had HDTV, he'd be on HTTV. He'd be on MTV Cribs. He would be on E, the network, with the gear that he had. I mean, it was every, he would be on Home and God. I mean, he would be on a food network because of his agricultural acumen. Do you hear me today? <laughs> um, but, 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 but this is not where his story began. His story began in Goshen. His story <clears throat> began amongst a nomadic community who was a believing community who was supposed to be pushing the nature and purpose of what God was doing in their life. And so we come here to verse 1, and we see it says, <coughs> Then Joseph could not control himself <coughs> before all those who stood before him. It says, He cried, Make everyone leave out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed as his presence. So you gotta understand. <coughs> his brothers sold him into slavery because of haterade ministry. And because of that haterade, haterology, um, sold him to his cousins. You know what I'm saying? The Ishmaelites, AKA the Midianites, sold him into slavery for having a dream. Uh-oh. Help me today. Um, um, oh, God, help me. Listen, listen, listen. When God gives you a picture of a preferred future, everybody ain't going to be happy. That's why you got to be careful who you share with what God has shared with you. Because when you share things with people that can't handle it, now this is not about you, but it's about what God wants to do. You have to be selective who you give it to because everybody's maturity can't handle that. But what's interestingly enough is he gets sold into slavery. And when he gets sold into slavery, he's first sold into slavery to his cousins. Hold on. So your family conspired to put you in slavery. So then you got broken family. Broken family ain't nothing new. Amen. 
Um, it, listen, let me just tell y'all something. The Bible's a real book. It got some jacked up people in it that are in. I mean, if you, I mean, you got incest. You got, I mean, you got, you got some crazy goons in the Bible, thugs in the Bible, who's no different than some of us sitting here. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, on your story. Amen. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to come back to you in a second, back to Joseph. And so Joseph is sold into slavery. He goes into slavery, starts killing it in the house of Potiphar. Potiphar is the head of security. He's the, he's the secretary of security for Egypt. All right? He's in his house killing it. You know what I'm saying? Jo he's in there killing it, doing his work. God exalts him. Everything he does in the midst of his pain, he walks in faithfulness even though he's hurting. Even though he is disappointed, even though he is broken, he didn't let what he was going through stop him from being productive. See, many of us, when we go through something, productiveness ends. But it's in the crucible where you get your best songs. Some of the best songs in the Bible were written in caves. Anyway. And so, and so as Joseph is working, God exalts him in the house of Pharaoh, I mean, uh, of Potiphar. And one day, I don't know what, what happened. I mean, I, I mean, Joseph, I don't know if he had a six-pack, was chiseled a little bit. And it was a little hot outside that day. I don't know what happened. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if he, you know, you know how we do when it's hot outside, fellas. You know, construction workers, you know, they, they, you know, they tie someone in the head for sweating, then they take off their little situation and tie it around their back. And so, you know, his tricepticles and bicepticles may have been moving as he was pushing and washing the ground. And then Potiphar's wife was getting fanned by some women. She's like, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Joseph. Hello. You know. Joseph's like, hi, Miss Potiphar. How you doing? Come here. Come here. And, and, and Joseph goes up and, and he puts his, he puts, he's, I can't go up there like this. So he puts his gear on, goes up. And some of you know the story. He, he, he's, she's trying to get at him. Lay with me. Now you got to understand. We don't know if Joseph had a situation where he was before, right? Y'all got me. I don't have to go on all that. <coughs> so you got an older, more experienced woman trying to get at you. Now, nobody, she sent every, so nobody's in the house, so nobody should know. But Joseph, even if he said, this could have been a good stress reliever for Joseph. <laughs> Why y'all acting like y'all don't know what I'm talking about? I'm in the Bible, y'all. I ain't just making stuff up. This could have been a great stress reliever. But, but the but the Bible says, he didn't say, I, I might catch an STD. He didn't say, you might get pregnant. This is what he said, Sister Harriet. He said, how can I do this against God? Oh, so even in the midst of being a slave in a house who could have got some from his slave master's wife and one-upped him, he looked up one up above him and he looked to God and said, I'm not going to let that cause me to act a fool. You know, you got you to gotta be careful. <laughs> you got to be careful of using unredeemed outlets as ways to relieve yourself from the pain that God is using to shape you. Because when, when, listen, let me tell you something. God is using some stuff. He wants to use stuff in your life to shape you. This is just his story that leads to this. But you can't run to mess 
when you're in the midst of the test. And so, and so, and so Joseph, and so Joseph goes further, and then he gets locked up in prison. Could have got murdered. God was gracious. Put him in the prison. Money gets in the prison. This ain't our prisons. Like this, worse than San Quentin. We talking about rats, wombats. You know what I'm saying? Somebody look up at what a wombat is. It's a big rat. Um, it's a big old rat. It's the biggest rodent in the world. Um, they, they got all types of things in their prison. It's not a cool place to be. But in the midst of that, and I bet you he was hurt. I bet you he was broken. He wasn't perfect. And we're going to see that in a minute. But in the midst of that, God exalts him again while he's in prison. Exalts him while he's in prison, being faithful, and God was with him. It's good that when you go through something, that God give you a kiss from heaven and give you a sign that I'm with you, that even though I haven't changed your situation, I'll give you a port in the storm. And he gives him an opportunity to to be exalted. And then all of a sudden, some dudes came in from the court of the Pharaoh breaker and, and, and the cupbearer. They come in. When they come in, um, 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 Joseph has a dream. And when Joseph has a dream, about, he has two dreams. One, you're going to get killed. One, you're going to be back exalted. Dude was like, forget you, man. I'm going to be killed, man. Don't mess with money, right? Boom. Then all of a sudden, he gets pulled out. You tripping, you tripping. He's ripping. Boom, he gets killed. Boom. Bread, bread maker. Cupbearer. Boom. He gets pulled up, put back at Pharaoh's side, he says, yo, when you get to Pharaoh, tell him about your boy, right? <laughs> Boom. The Bible, it, it, he forgets about him. Yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden, he's still there, but he didn't let somebody forgetting about him make him think that God did. Oh. I wish I could just pause there, but I got I to gotta get to Genesis 45. Um, um, but you got to recognize that no matter how bad it gets in your life, God hasn't forgotten. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's still concerned about you. And then from there, Pharaoh is tormented. All of it, God's working. He's just working. And he said, yo, Pharaoh, it's this cat down in the prison. Get him. He can interpret your dreams since your boys can't do it. Joseph comes in, cleans himself up, comes in before Pharaoh, able to interpret the dreams. God does everything so powerfully that he's now exalted for being able to interpret the dreams, and now he's in this position that we see him now. Fast forward, two years, there were seven years of plenty. There was going to be seven years of famine. Two years in to the seven years of famine, his brothers come from Goshen. Now, you got to understand, he ain't seen these boys in about, um, he was 17 when he got out, from there, sold into slavery, so he's 39 years old now. So can you imagine not seeing your family that sold you out for that long-lost long relative? And so the Bible says Joseph was heated. And the Bible, now, 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 I see, I like the way the Bible real. He didn't say, oh, he was like, oh, there are my brothers. How are you, brother? Come here, I'm Joseph. He, he said he was hot than a mug. That's the Hebrew translation. Um, he was hot than a mug, all right? And he was mad, and he treated them harshly because he was hot. But somewhere in between chapter 43 and chapter 45, the Holy Ghost got to working on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and God, God is like, how in the world? I don't know what God's conversation of his heart was like, but if I can use my imagination, how the God of heaven does me, when I act like I don't remember what God brought me from, um, he'll tell you, how, how you going to trip out? All you done been through and all I done brought you through, how can you do evil to them when I've been so good to you? 
And so he comes here and Bible says he couldn't control himself anymore because, he, because now it was about missing them. Because when God changes your story, he changes you. And when he changes you, he changes your disposition towards what you went through to have compassion towards the people that put you through it. That's, that's a hard word. Because you know we, you know, there's a song back in the day by, 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 by my man, uh, 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 I forget that, 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 the vapors. And the vapors is about when I get my exaltation, I'm going to show off to you the fact that you was hating on me. That's not biblical, though. Even though I like the song, that song was banging. But, um, but, 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 but here they're catching the vapors right here in the text. And he begins to cry. And he sends everybody out. Now, you got to understand he was speaking in Egyptian, and somebody was interpreting. So all of a sudden, when he says, I am, I am, your, I am Joseph, verse 3, is my father still alive? And them dudes like, listen, like, it sounds like a deeper voice, but that sounds like Joseph. And they're looking around, just looking, right? And the Bible says, but his brothers could not answer them. For they were dismayed. They, I mean, they were, like, they were like, Joseph, how would money know about Joseph? You know, so they're wondering what in the world is going on right here. Because you got to understand, he's, he's older, more mature, and he got all that gear on. So you can't even recognize him because of his Egyptian makeup situation. So when they're looking at him, they're like, I don't know. That look. And so they're looking, right? He said, is my father still alive? And so it says, but his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. They were rocked. Then it says, his brothers could not answer them because they were dumbfounded, family of God. They were horrified, the sense of the language is. They were horrified. They were terrified that the Hebrew there is in dismay. And they were trembling almost because now they're starting to get, listen, now, now somebody dimed us out, maybe the Ishmaelites, I don't know. Verse 4, he says, so Joseph said to his brothers, this is powerful to me, come near to me, please. That's intimate. He speaks to the people that hurt him and tell them, come close. And it says that they came near, and then he speaks in Hebrew to them. I am your brother who you sold into Egypt. And he's speaking in clear Hebrew. Can you imagine? He probably hasn't spoken Hebrew since he was 17 years old. He got into a foreign land, had to learn a new language, and I don't know if he practiced his Hebrew or what did he do, but he remembered it. He didn't lose his language, and he was able to now engage his brothers. And he says, he tells them to come in. He, he, said, he, says, he said, I'm your brother Joseph, who you sold into Egypt. So they're probably like, oh, my goodness. So you got to understand, ain't nobody know but them, their cousins, and Joseph. Nobody else knew. So this right here was Joseph unveiling, it's me, fam. I don't know if he, like, I don't know, you got to get it. Joseph King of Jeans, that thing made me cry every time I see it. But Joseph is a cartoon. It's banging. Watch it with my kids. <laughs> Dope. Don't sleep on them cartoon Bible Jones. He, I don't know if he pulled off his, his situation. And I don't know if he pulled this off and got some water and rubbed the makeup off of his face. I, I don't know what it was that made them know that it was him. But it says in the text, and this is his response it's powerful to me. He says, and now, do not be, 
distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. It's powerful that in the midst of, I don't know about you. I mean, let's just break this, because sometimes we read the Bible too quick. If you got me sold into slavery, and I had to walk to Egypt behind some camels probably, because they didn't, they, slaves couldn't ride animals, they got tied and they had to walk. So he had to walk from where he was to Egypt and step in a camel pool. Let's make this clear. Sold into slavery from being in a house of a wealthy patriarch in the Bible. Missed his mother dying. Didn't get to further build his relationship with her. Gets sold into slavery, gets put in prison, treated like a criminal. Then he's to this place and he sees the people who've done all of this to him and he can look them in the face and say, don't be distressed or alarmed or angry with yourselves about what you did to me. In other words, I forgive you. Let me just tell you something. Your story is only as bomb as your forgiveness is. It's some people on your story and the story that God has given you, the thing that makes your story bigger than just you is the glorious gospel. And the gospel demands that you don't hold people hostage to what they did to you. Even if, it, now, if they're still angry, you're like, listen, I forgive you. I've told some people in my past, I said, you heard me, I forgive you. You don't like me still, it's all right. But I got to do this for me. See, you can hold me hostage, but I'm not going to let you hold me hostage because bitterness is fermented anger and unforgiveness. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 12 that the root of bitterness sprouting up defiles many. And so what happens is, is when you're bitter and unforgiving and angry with people and hold stuff against people, you're not good to be around. You're no fun because everything bleeds out of the pain of that root. And if you don't allow Christ to nurture you and uproot that mess, it, they, what they did to you was wrong, yes. They did you real dirty. It was the worst thing that could have happened to anybody. Yes, yes, and yes. But you have to deal with your disposition towards what happened to you. Because if your pain, your pain becomes deeper pain when you don't allow it to be healed by the nutrients of heaven. And so somehow, somewhere, this is supernatural. This ain't, Joseph ain't this strong. Like, ain't nobody got no strength like that. Amen. Who got strength for somebody molesting them or raping them uh, or, 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 or kicking them out or leaving when they were young? Who, who has the strength to forgive people like that? You need heaven's strength. <laughs> Joseph says, do not, listen, do not be angry do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because, he, now, now, what I like about this, though, is he do tell them. He don't, he don't glaze over it, though. Yeah, yeah. He don't say, oh, you know, ain't nothing happened, you know, it's all. Now, he said, because you sold me here. 
I don't think it was like this. Don't be angry because you did. I said, you sold me here. You know, he's probably, he's crying. He's emotional. His mascara's running. You know what I'm saying? And he's crying and he's hysterical. Pharaoh and him like, don't go in there with Joseph right now. You know, I don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a, fa- it's a, that's a family argument sometimes are good and healing if you just face each other. So he faced the issue. You sold me here. I don't want to confront you about what you did to me, but the way I'm going to confront you is not the way you think I'm going to confront you because I have the power to slew you. See, that's, that's when it's different. When, they, when you got the power, to, it's not, I'm talking about when you got some power to knock somebody slam off. God put all power, in a sense, of their lives in the hands of Joseph, and God could trust Joseph with not damaging them the way he would. See, you know you healed when you ain't cussing them out. Oh, y'all, see, I know y'all, I know no, nobody ain't here cussing no more, you know. I know some of y'all, you know, some of y'all in heaven now, y'all in y'all glorified body walking on earth, but, um, but, but, but you know you've grown when you don't, you don't slap the taste out of their mouth. Oh, don't, don't y'all act like, let me, uh, don't y'all act like you listen, you, you, listen, you know, you know you've grown spiritually. You know, when you ain't going on Facebook, look at, I took a sip, look at this person coming in, you know, and then you put an inferential message on social media. Some people think, you know how, See, you know you've grown when you don't start a news feed about your enemies. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> see, see, that's, that's, that's when you know you've grown up a little something, something. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 help me God today. Anyway. But then, but then that, that's not enough to just talk about its impact on you. When you look at your journey <laughs> as defined by the living God and you see it, you're always going to see what happened to you as bigger than about you. Look at what he says. Now, this is, this is weird, but biblical. God sent me before you. Hold on. Stop right there. Hold on. God Sent, you had to spend, listen, I'm going to just tell you right now. He spent some time with God. I'm just telling y'all. He ain't have the scrolls of Israel yet. But he had to talk to God, Pastor. Now, he had to talk to God so that he could see this this way. See, you know you've gone through your pain well if you can see God's hand in it. He said, he said, and you got to understand, sent is a missiological term. Sent means that I was actually, my pain put me on mission. It's almost like he's thinking now. <laughs> it's almost like he's, thank you for sending me into slavery. Thank you for hating on me. Thank you for putting me in this position because God is the one who was actually superintending and providentially using what you did against me for his glory. What did it say? For him to preserve life. It was bigger than Joseph. See, his pain God was using to preserve a divine seed. Preserve life so that he could preserve his family of the patriarchal lineage. 
that would ultimately lead to Jesus. So now it's big, also it's bigger than my pain now. It's bigger than what I went through. In other words, in the midst of the hell that I went through, God was at work. Wow. Wow. See, that's when you know you healed, when you can see past your wounds in worship. That's when you know you hear, when you can see, all right, I see God was working this out, even in the midst of that. See, what if Joseph just looked at the fact that he went into slavery and he was in prison and didn't look at the fact that God's hand was on him in the midst of it? See, it's easy for you to see what you went through, but who was there with you? You better learn how to see who's there with you while you're going through. Because if you miss who's there with you while you're going through, you'll only be bitter. But if you see who's with you while you go through, you won't be bitter, you'll be better. But as great as our friend Joseph is, he ultimately doesn't bring eternal preservation and redemption. He, like Abraham and all others and even us, point somewhere bigger than us. And in this passage, he typifies Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus was removed from his father's house. Jesus came to earth and was found in the form of a bondservant. Jesus was miserably treated not just by his family, but the creation he spoke into existence. Jesus, Tim Keller says, is the true and better Joseph who is at the right hand of the king and forgive those who betrayed him and uses his new power to save them. Y'all, Jesus is the better Joseph. <laughs> he perfectly, he perfectly points, he's not pointing He's positioning himself in redemption. And if Jesus on the cross can say why he's nailed to his creation, he created that wood. He, he spoke that wood. That wood is what he brought into existence. And the Bible says that he holds all things together. Can you imagine the Lord of glory being nailed to the, to the molecular structure of what he holds together? Those nails were ore in earth that he spoke into existence millennia ago. And now it's being formed to go through his created body. And yet, in being betrayed by his own people and being betrayed by his, the, 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 the Rome and all creation and betrayed by us, he can look down while suffocating and bleeding to death and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Jesus is the better Joseph. If you walk away from your story not seeing Jesus, you've missed it. And like Joseph resurrected as a king, <laughs> 
our Lord Jesus Christ, resurrected as a king, sits at the right hand of the eternal Pharaoh. You missed that, didn't you? And all power was delivered to him, not in Egypt, but in all the universe. <laughs> and he's going to come back. He's going to change the story. So I'm asking you today, if this points to Christ, what are you going to do to face the people who hurt you? Now, some of this, some of you ain't been through nothing yet. You ain't been through nothing yet. But keep on living. Keep on living. One day, you're going to have to look back over your story, and you're going to have to decide, are you going to kill them, or are you going to be kind? God, the story changer. Father, we thank you. We honor you and thank you that you are the ultimate story changer, God. And you help us to look back and see all that you brought us from and how you frame it for your glory. Lord, it's powerful to know, Lord God, that there was so much that this man went through, but you were able to help him to turn the corner. And God, I pray today that you would help those who are under the sound of my voice to turn the corner for your glory as well.